Wide Niners Podcast with Gene and Blake. Hey guys, we're going to review our Super Wildcard Weekend picks. I'm Gene. And I'm Blake. And let's just get right into it. So the first game that we're going to review is the Chargers against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The final score was 31-30. to The Chargers were up 27-0 to at one point, I think. Yep. And a total collapse. Yeah, I was counting my money, too. I uh, took the Chargers uh, in a bet and uh, actually went out that evening and then uh, was shocked to look down at the score. And uh, yeah, really couldn't believe it. Um, Brandon Staley deserves to be fired. Um, they're wasting Justin Herbert's talent. I mean, it's... I mean. J- Every time I looked up when I started watching the game, Trevor Lawrence was just throwing a pick after pick. He was throwing to the other team more than his own his own team. I don't know how you you just can't lose that game. Yeah, I don't I don't know why I, I wanted to do this, but when they were down twenty seven to zero, I threw two twenty five dollar bets on them, and uh, it ended up, ended up paying out around over six hundred dollars. So it felt pretty pretty good. You don't have to rub it in. You don't have to rub it in. <laughs> I, I'm I'm sitting there. I, I I'm telling you, counting my money. I'm like, ah, oh, it'll be fine. Went out for the evening, and uh, yeah, someone thank God, someone next to me. They're like, are you kidding me? The Jaguars are coming back. It's like, no, they're not. What? What do you mean? And uh, yeah, that happened. Yeah, the Chargers are the ultimate choke artist they they were definitely charging when they were up 27 to zero and then they just fizzled out after yeah and uh these must win games for brandon staley don't don't usually go very well i mean i think what it was last year the uh they had to beat the raiders to get into the playoffs if i'm not mistaken and uh blew that couldn't win and now this year uh, you have a 27 point lead just just win, baby. Just win. Well, I, th- I think all they had to do was tie in that game, too, and they, they couldn't they couldn't even pull that off because they yes. went to overtime last year. Yes, they need they just needed a tie. And I think – I forget. Uh, my memory is fleeting a little bit on that one, but didn't they – they may have gone for something. It was a questionable decision by uh, by the head coach. Uh, I can't remember. But regardless, he, he deserves to be fired. You're wasting Justin Herbert's talent. Well, it seems as of right now, his job is still safe because they fired the offensive coordinator, and it seems like the offensive coordinator, Joe Lombardi, is the scapegoat. Yeah, well, quite honestly, when he had uh, Mike Williams in there the week prior <laughs> for nothing, yeah, should have just that's that's a fireable offense. There's no reason he should have been in that game. Because even if they win this game, you know, against the chart, uh, the Jaguars, he wasn't going to be playing uh, this week either. So, what a boneheaded decision! Yeah, he's not the smartest coach. And the the other thing that I found amusing is that after they were up twenty seven to zero, they only ran the ball eight times after having that lead. Yeah, it's it's it sounds like uh, something Kyle Shanahan would have done <laughs> on the Falcons. Not on the 49ers. He would never do that. Um, what were you going to say? You're going to say something. I know it. 
Very different days in Santa Clara. We cannot bring up Shanahan as an Atlanta Falcon <laughs> offensive coordinator. Yeah, no, thank thank God we we've learned. But yeah, I mean, and you and you've got Austin Eckler, who's a very good back. Just hand the ball off. Uh, there's no there's no reason that it's just unexcusable to to lose a game with a 27 point lead, and you've got you know a top end quarterback and a top end running back. Yeah, because even if let's let's say you get stuffed three times, at least the 40 second play clock times three, you're burning at least a hunt uh a minute and 20 seconds instead of four seconds because incompletions, obviously the clock doesn't run. So just, just stupidity all around on the chargers coaching staff. Yeah. It's, it wasn't a very, wasn't a bright spot uh, for them. All right. So let's move on to the next game. It was the Miami dolphins against the Buffalo bills. The Buffalo bills won 34 to 31, a much closer contest than we both anticipated. Yeah, kind of uh, another back-breaking loss that I took all over the weekend. I didn't see a world where um, this game was going to be that close. I mean, the funny thing is Skylar Thompson threw the ball fo- <laughs> 45 times. That's through for 220 yards. Oh, boy. Uh, but how in God's green earth they, they did that to keep it that close is Kind of shocking. I mean, because then if you just look at the quarterbacks, Thompson throws for 220 and Josh Allen throws for 352. If you show me just that stat line, I'm going to sit there, sit back and go, the Bills destroyed them. But the Bills did not, they don't look like, you know, the world beaters that they looked like in the beginning of the season. They've kind of, you know, just kind of get by now, it seems like. Well, it's all about the turnovers, too. It seems like Josh Allen has turned into this turnover machine, especially that strip sack fumble return for a touchdown. They, they just can't make these mistakes if they actually want to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, and, and he also t- so he threw the two picks, and he also took seven sacks, uh, which you know seems like a lot, considering somebody that's you know, got that escapability like him. Um. Yeah, it's and I'm looking, you know, Stefan Diggs finally had, of course, his his big game. So that's good for them at 114 yards. Needed that in my semifinal matchup in my fantasy league. But he put up again, I'll remind everyone, four points. Um Gabe Davis is always is solid again. I mean, just he's got to limit those turnovers. That's that's been his his big weakness, obviously. I mean, for any quarterback, it's their big weakness. But I mean, he was lights out passing the ball, and now it seems like he's just all willy nilly with it. Well, the supposed genius behind the San Francisco 49er offense, Mike McDaniel, which obviously we know wasn't true now, he made a lot of stupid decisions because it seems like he couldn't get the play in quick enough to help out his seventh round quarterback, Scholar Thompson, to just get the playoff. Yeah, it's and I mean, why are you letting this kid drop back and throw the ball 45 times? And he only completed. Let me get this back up here. 18 of them. <laughs> I mean, what are we doing? You, and we I think we, we, we talked about it last week. Let's see how McDaniel, if he does what, you know, Shanahan does for Purdy, you know, just set him up for success, even though Purdy's kind of you know, throwing the ball more than uh 
than usual for a 49er quarterback, you know, under Shanahan. Um, yeah, Thompson should have not, he, she, he shouldn't have thrown more than uh, 28 times in that game, in my opinion. Well, it seems like he didn't have a choice since they were averaging a whopping two yards per carry on over 20 touches. Well, this is this is a big thing. Where's where's our boy uh, Raheem the Dream? He had a little little injury. Shocking. Yeah, broken thumb holds out a running back. Kind of strange. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, and it seems like a lot of ex-49ers on that uh, Dolphins team, but they couldn't pull it together for this win. But if the Dolphins beat the the Bills, I would have. <laughs> if I was a Bills fan, I would just put away the jerseys until next season because that would have been embarrassing to lose lose to the Dolphins. Yeah, it just it just shows the concern with the Buffalo Bills Super Bowl chances as well because the more the more we see them, the more we see the Chiefs. They're not as impressive as they were last year. Both those teams. No, um, you know, and I had the bills pretty high up, you know, even halfway through the season towards the end, the strongest team. I mean, in my opinion, I mean, obviously of the chiefs, but I think I like the Bengals personally in the AFC, uh, cause the bills, they really haven't shown us, you know, they really haven't dominated, you know, like the way they should. Yeah. I think they're really missing Von Miller. They can't really get consistent pressure without him. And it seems like their run D isn't that great, even though it didn't show in this particular game. But other games, it was just not good. Yeah, it's um, it'll be a uh, an interesting game for them this weekend. All right, so let's let's move on to the G-Men versus the Minnesota Vikings. The New York Giants won thirty-one to twenty-four, and our talk about the Vikings being frauds was a hundred percent true yeah the uh <laughs> the negative point differential uh i'll say that to would it well they're out now but i would have said it to i was blue in the face they the, the vikings just were not that good i mean you had this many games that you went around walk-off field goals where you could have lost plenty of them you just you just weren't that good um and the giants you know, maybe the Giants are slightly better than what we thought. Kudos to Brian Dable, coach of the year. That's my that's my vote because he took a again an Island of Misfit Toys, and now he's got him got them in the divisional round in the playoffs. Yeah, it seems to me that Kirk Cousins really didn't have that bad of a game. It was more the defense was just so terrible, and just guys were just running around wide open. Yeah, and I'm getting uh. Kirk's stats right here. Let's see how he... Yeah, 31 of 39. That's solid. I'd take that every day uh, for 273 yards. In case anybody was wondering, though, Justin Jefferson went one for one for negative two yards. But yeah, Cousins, he he didn't throw, which I think I had predicted. He was going to throw a back-breaking interception. He didn't throw any picks. He actually didn't take any sacks. So you really can't – he had a 113 passer rating. You really can't put this on him. Um, the Giants just – they just played better. Daniel Jones, 301 yards, only 11 incompletions, 24-35. Didn't throw the any interceptions. So he, he outplayed him. 
Yeah, it, it didn't seem like Minnesota could just keep up with the physicality of the Giants either. It seems like Dexter Lawrence, the nose tackle, was in the backfield every play. That's why they couldn't even get Dalvin Cook going, really. He was averaging four yards a carry, but 60 yards total. Yeah. Um, and, you know, what's crazy, too, is, you know, watching that game, it seemed like, I mean, me personally, um, again, I was watching this at that engagement party, which I thought was going to be happening during the Niners game. Huh? <laughs> but, you know, every time I looked up, it seemed like Saquon Barkley had some type of big run, something big. I mean, nine rushes for 53 yards. Daniel Jones is your leading rusher. 17 of 78 for 78 yards. That's I didn't even see the stats really until today. And I was, I was shocked. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I, again, I thought Saquon Barkley did a lot more than what he did, but he's a tough SOB to bring down. He get him in the open field and Daniel Jones, them together. Vikings couldn't handle it. They couldn't handle it. Yeah, the funny thing is for the Minnesota Vikings, too, they are in salary cap hell next year. So this team might look very, very different next year. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think that they're going to be. Again, they were, what, six games away from, you know, from six extra losses, I think, you know, with the game-winning field goals. So that's a huge thing. Um, that division is – might be the Lions division next year. <laughs> Depending on what happens with the go pack go, uh, the Vikings aren't look to be in uh, shambles or about to be, and the Detroit Lions, baby, I'm rolling with Dan Campbell next year, but that'll be for a later date. But yeah, the Vikings were frauds, like we said, we called it here. Yeah, it definitely could be the Detroit Lions division for the coming years to come because Aaron Rodgers is cooked, Vikings cooked, and the Bears just flat out stink. So. And for all we know, they could be trading Justin Fields. Yeah, that's a, that's a good possibility. All right, so let's move on to the next game. It was the Baltimore Ravens against the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals won 24-17. to What are your thoughts, Blake? Well, uh, seems to be a trend here. Another game where I uh, lost some money on. So thank you, Cincinnati. I figured Tyler Huntley's not going to do this. But he sure did. He just did enough. 17 to 29, 226 yards. But Mr. Huntley had the back breaking, game changing. Try to break the plane from, <laughs> seemed to be 10 yards away from the goal line. And uh, the Bengals got a fortuitous bounce and they took it the distance. That was unreal. Um, the game was clearly, obviously, a lot closer it could have been a lot closer without the, you know if that doesn't happen but um i still think the bengals are gonna be i think joe burrow's too good you know this is one of those divisional games again and i think that's just kind of what, what happened there but kind of wild that game that play call when they're on the two yard line that do that stretch over the top with the ball with the quarterback was one of the stupidest calls i've ever seen uh greg moment roman what were you thinking yeah again it's you know I know they're the two, but it just seemed like they were so far away. <laughs> you know, he's not exactly uh, Trevor Lawrence length. I mean, he's a shorter, stockier dude. I don't have the, their heights in front of me, but he's got to be, what, six, 
one six two somewhere around there and he's reaching over the top i mean that's something you do when you got like inches and it's just a quick reach over bring it back i mean he just left it out there like a loaf of bread yeah like you just said that that play is designed to be on the inch yard line it's not supposed to be on the two it's just idiotic and and in a day of age and day and age where you could just you could do the bush push just sneak it and just get everyone and push him i mean you really i don't i don't see that play that much anymore maybe i'm just blind i don't i don't see the quarterback typically going over the top like that to break the plane i usually see like you know and kudos to jimmy garoppolo he's elite at that you know that little sneak and he'll get three yards every time but just just sneak it and just get the push i mean i don't know what they're doing I just want it on the record. You just mentioned elite with Jimmy Garoppolo. Is that true? He's elite at a quarterback sneak. If there's one thing that he could do is get me a first down on fourth and one fourth and inches. He's elite at that. I agree. I agree. Well, let's move on to the Monday night game. This had implications for our Niners because whoever won this game was going to play the San Francisco 49ers. So it was the Cowboys first, the Buccaneers. And the Cowboys beat the living daylights out of Tom Brady, thirty-one to fourteen. Yeah, it was. I mean, there was many times where I'm like, I'm just gonna turn this game off and, and go watch Yellowstone. Great show, uh, but I kept sitting there going, maybe Tom Brady still has something in him. And I think I texted you and you said, "Don't be surprised. You know, Brady might come back." Um, but there was, I mean, I guess you could look. The writing was on the walls when Brady threw the little, the little layup lollipop to the back of the end zone. I don't know what was going on there for the interception. It seemed to have just totally derailed anything the Buccaneers were going to do. They looked, Brady almost looked scared in the pocket because every time you saw like a, a, a semi-free rusher, he kind of rolled away. You know, and just like over the ball, I saw balls going in the dirt and everything. Yeah, it was it was bad for the Buccaneers because they couldn't even rush the ball at all. Playoff Lenny didn't even show. And uh, it was just a weird game. Nobody really blocked for Tom. And it's not like the Cowboys defense was that dominant. It just seemed like the Buccaneers were just a lot more flat and just not ready to play this game. Yeah, no, no, they... um. And I mean, I'll give credit where credit's due. Prescott had a really good game. I mean, he threw for 300 yards, ran for 24, ran for a touchdown. I mean, he he had a good game. Can't really, you know, can't really say anything bad about it. But, I mean, the Bucks, like you said, they they looked flat. They just really never, just looked like they, like they didn't show up. Yeah, Dak Prescott had all day back there in the pocket. There was no pressure, none at all, and guys were just running wide open. It was just it was like practice for him. Yeah, and and what Prescott did too is it seemed like he was, you know, more willing to you know try, just run for the first down, which um, I thought at one point he was going to get killed because he took off running, great the right idea, but he kind of dove forward. And if you remember Carson Wentz when he tore his ACL back in 
LA a few years ago on their Super Bowl run. That's what it reminded me of. I'm like, oh my God, Dak Prescott just blew his knee out. But I mean, if he wants to play with reckless abandonment like that, diving forward against the Niners, I mean, that's you're asking for something bad to happen. Yeah, the Niners defense is a completely different animal than the Buccaneers. These these linebackers can fly, can actually rush the passer. And uh Dak Prescott. He's a little turnover happy as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they played a perfect game this week. Can they play another perfect game against the 49ers? Um, it's, yeah, I don't. It's going to be tough. And Jerry Jones gave a little bulletin board material. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in our, <laughs> our next pod about the, uh, the preview of the Niners. Yes, we will. But, uh. That concludes our pod, and we're gonna drop we're gonna drop another one tomorrow as well. Tomorrow, Thursday, we're gonna go over the playoff matchups and the divisional round, all the all the betting advice we can give you, and hopefully we can get you some more money this week. And I just want to go on record to say that uh, I substantially improved my record from the previous week. So went five hundred. Yeah, we were both six and six this week. So. Uh, Blake has risen from the cellar, so he's he's back in the uh, winning column, like a phoenix from the ashes. And guess what? Next week, um, I might get two losses. That's that's it. Put it on the board now. Bold prediction. All right, guys. Well, we'll see you next time. All right, see you guys. You can find the Wide Niner Pod. On music, Spotify, and soon to be on Apple Podcasts.